0: podcasts
1: so obviously the focus will be on what he said and he didn't reveal too many details but he was a little bit um more i think forthcoming with some of his thoughts than i and maybe i expected then maybe some general managers would have been in that circumstance let's start by looking at in terms of the timing of any trade and we come yeah. into this week and the context is the report from ESPN and Adam Schefter, breaking news as they termed it and presented it, <laughs> that the Bears were leaning toward trading down and trading the number one overall pick. And they had heard from several teams. Before we hear how Ryan Pace or Ryan Poles responded to some of those things, what was your reaction to that report at the beginning of the week? Was that just expected? Because you <laughs> have to you know, understand that this is the way the, it almost like announces the beginning of Combine Week.
0: I mean, my reaction was no duh, right? I mean, like, I think this is what we all assume since the season ended. And so it's just like, okay, someone said it to Adam. And so then you put it out there and then you stamp a developing or breaking news label on it. But I, I like, like Ryan Poles was pretty emphatic on Tuesday and saying these are all just starter conversations at this stage. Like, the Bears have to go back after this week and all of the things that they gather on the draft prospects here. And they have to kind of realign their draft board. And then they have to figure out what their, you know, plan A for free agency is. And they've got to uh, adjust all these things and then consider some of the conversations that they had with other teams and how it makes sense for them to move around the draft board. And so th- it's going to be fluid and it's going to be a dance. That they're going to have to dance, but starter conversations was a great way for Ryan to, to phrase that today. I look, I like, I, I get it. Like things that have been on our radar for months and months and months, because we write about it every day. We talk about it on the radio every day. We have two, two episodes a week of the podcast are things that are now just starting to hit the national radar. And that's what happens. There's nothing against, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the way that that, infrastructure works in the league, but that's just just all it was is stuff that we've been talking about for months. Now sort of hitting the main stage at an event that is obviously a big event for the league.
1: Two specific things that I think he addressed, which were number one would be when you might consummate such a trade, because that's the question. Do you gain any sort of leverage by waiting closer to the draft? Or if you know what you want to do and you get a good offer, would you make a deal sooner rather than later? And especially before free agency begins on March 13th. And then second to that, would be how far back from number one would you want to go? Two to the Texans, four to the Colts, nine to the Panthers, or two to Florida, wherever, and trade down twice. And that is what I think. Those two questions, and in, in during his time at the podium, Ryan Poles addressed both of them.
2: Scenarios um, that might benefit us to move, you know, before free agency, you know, opens potentially. Um, but, again, when we get back with all the information that we've gathered from here, I think we'll have a better direction. Is that just because it would give you a clearer view of, of what you need, or, or how would it be beneficial? You? A clear view of what we need. Um, and there's scenarios where you could you know, add players as well, potentially, um, which, again, gives you some clarity on what you want to do in the draft. How does mm-hmm. having the number one pick change how you approach this week? Yeah, it doesn't really approach – We're not going to approach it too much different. We're going to collect the information like we always do. Um, I think the volume of information just goes up. As you sort of gather that information, how are you going to balance the want to add more picks and maybe the value of that compared to a guy you might be targeting up there that you wouldn't right. be able to get when you trade back? Yeah, it's a good question. And that's a numbers game I talk about. Um, really getting our draft board set up, see where, you know, if we move to this spot, who's available. I always talk about value, right? So there's going to be certain players that are going to be in the value bucket. How many are there, which is going to dictate how far we can move back. When you have a team that needs so many pieces,
0: Is that the ideal outcome for you to trade the pick, get more assets?
2: Yeah, it just depends um, how far back. Um, But, yeah, we do we need a lot, and that gives us more opportunity to bring in more players. So um, it's a good situation to be in for where our club is. Um, But at the same time, you know, when I talk about where guys are on the draft chart, if we have someone that's so high and in a special category that says, you know what, you know, this guy's going to affect our team both from a culture standpoint and also from a game day standpoint, then that might be the best thing to do as well. Um, But in a vacuum, like, yeah, moving back gives you more uh, opportunities to hit more players um, and continue to add to the core of this team.
0: David, so the breaking news here is that Ryan Poles has value buckets. Ryan Pace had clouds. Some GMs have tiers. Uh, some have shelves. We've got value buckets now at Hallis Hall, and so Ryan's going to navigate that. And a, a subsequent question, I kind of asked him about the color coding that they use in this regime to, to distinguish guys on the board. He said it's blue, red, gold, orange, gray, in that order. So for our, our diehard listeners, put that on your fridge and memorize it. Blue, red, gold, orange, gray. That's that's your tiers of, of players that the Bears are going to be evaluating in this draft.
1: I love that you asked him as a follow-up in that order, <laughs> just to make sure, like, you would be doing that. And actually, I know why you were doing that, because you're going to eventually write something that lists categories with prospects that has guys in that order, like well, it, or a mini Bears board, uh, their own
0: board. Sure, and and some of this, right, like, is him talking a lot today about – Trying to figure out where to set the floor. Like, how far are you willing to trade back? What level of prospect do you need to come out of the draft with as your headliner of the 2023 draft class? And maybe there isn't a situation where you say, all right, we're not going to add a blue player in this draft just because of the trade off or the number of picks we can accumulate to pick later in this draft again in 2024 potentially in 2025 maybe it makes it worth your while to get outside of that blue tier blue value bucket whatever you want to call it but that's going to be an interesting game that ryan's going to have to play in the months to come is figuring out you know like what is the absolute lowest level of player that we will accept as the headliner of our of our 2023 draft class that's gonna be really interesting to, to, to see where that winds up
1: would those players then eventually end up on a bucket list
0: Perhaps, right? Like, and then we can have our bucket list here, right? For, Bears for what the, bucket list. Uh, yeah. I got one I got one of them for the Bears bucket list. Win a Super Bowl eventually. Yeah, how
1: about that? Not, build a stadium, win a Super Bowl, find a quarterback. But,
0: you know, All I related. think in that in that bite that we just played, one of the most interesting sort of scenarios that hasn't really been on the radar is Ryan indicating that the, the, the biggest incentive to, to execute a trade soon would be if you were adding a player in the trade, right? And, and you're at, you know, you're, you're talking with say the Colts and you're able to add a player or two that then changes your uh, approach in free agency, right? Because now you've addressed needs through trade that you don't have to address in free agency beyond that. If they're not going to trade for a player in moving that number one pick, well, then you've got a lot more time to play out the end of March and into April and kind of figure out what all's on the table for you and try to try to squeeze the maximum out of it.
1: That's what I think was the most strategic thing about what he said, if that was what he planned. Because when you say something like that, the timing could be affected by whether or not we add a player because that implies that if you do that, it's going to be before free agency because you go into free agency and you approach it based on need. And so if you're going to trade with hypothetically the Colts and you move back to four and part of that package is DeForest Buckner, then all of a sudden... You don't need to go after a defensive tackle as aggressively as you would if you don't trade for DeForest Buckner or Michael Pittman, wide receiver, that kind of thing. That to me was the only potential tell or the only potential plant, if you will, because you don't know in these things, you have to almost parse the statements because of what we're describing. Everyone else is. And I think that you're sending messages, whether it's overtly or, you know, privately, I think Ryan Poles when he said that you have to be, you be conscious of timing and the timing could come sooner rather than later for that reason that's why it's important.
0: Yeah, no question. And 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 look like I think they are eager to see these starter conversations as we alluded to them become you know fluid back and forth that then create okay, here's specifically what's on the table. And I, I wrote in a column at chicagotribune.com on Monday afternoon that Ryan's going to have to become sort of a, a slick auctioneer in all of this. And like, I, I got one first round pick. Can I hear two? Do I, you know, do, and he's going to have to play that game with, you know, a handful of general managers that are in this complex this week and and figure out what what he can do to squeeze the maximum out of that number one pick. And that's what you hear consistently from people in that building at House Hall. You didn't lose 14 games because you, you, you enjoy having that feeling on Sunday afternoons, you we lost 14 games and now the, the consolation prize is you get this this one asset that you're trying to treat like an orange and squeeze every last drop of juice out of it so that you can build a team that, that can then not be in this conversation very often when we come to the combine and is instead a team that's just kind of an afterthought on the outside.
1: Before we get to the next clip, the ever, you know, I'm going to look at the last aspect of what he said there in terms of the how far back he will go. Conversation. Everybody's going to have their own parameters about what they want to get out of this pick. Some will be realistic. Most of them won't be, because you never know what value you're going to carry from year to year and from team to team. Dan, I would think that if I have the number one overall pick and I'm Ryan Poles and my roster needs everything, I want to do a couple things with it. I want to make sure that I make a trade where I can get a future number one draft pick. Number one. So that's got to be part of the package. Secondly. But I don't want to move so far down that I lose out on what he referred to as a blue player. And I think yeah. in this case, with this draft, that to me is Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. I would favor, again, my own personal David Haw is the general manager for a day type of thing. Jalen Carter would be somebody if I can move no lower than fourth and still get him and a future number one as part of the package. That's the deal that I would be ready to make tomorrow but i don't know if they if they would do that as that soon it, it doesn't matter that when if you get all of that you're asking for because those will be the priorities for me. future number one pick still in a position to get a generational defensive player, and then the rest you get as part of the package is you know fair, but you're not trying to get away with anything. you just have to make a good deal
0: well that's that's the David Hall philosophy going into this draft. I was on a call last week with Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL network who said. You know the Colts are the team that makes the most sense for the Bears to trade with, but the team that they should be targeting is the Carolina Panthers, because if you move from one to nine, what the trade charts tell you, you can get back in terms of future number ones and have another number one for 24, have another one, number one for 25. Well, now all of a sudden, if you're willing to maybe accept a red player in one of those three first round picks, but you're able to get two blues out of it, it's something as uh, that Ryan pulls that you have to consider that you can't look at 2023 as its own entity, that you have to look at this as this big picture that he's been trying to look at at it as and so that's where it's like it's really exciting i think for the bears and it's you know you can understand why they have this enthusiasm for this process but it also like the the wealth of options it's almost like a kid in a a, an ice cream store with 80 flavors it's hard to figure out which one you want because so many of them are appealing in different ways and you've just got to figure out what what suits you in that moment and so that like i'm really really excited to get to the end of all this two months from now and then just kind of be able to get ryan uh decompressed and then able to kind of fill us in on on some of the ebbs and flows and the things that he didn't take and the other considerations that he had and the the deals that he almost made it's going to be really cool up the road to learn more about all of it